For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright, and so on. It's a rigorous training dished out who know all there is to know about horses, and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create saddle horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, we have special guest Lydia Cox. She is a doctor of veterinarian of medicine, I'm going to fix this, and a certified veterinarian of acupuncturist as well. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? Doing good. How are you? And way over to my far hand side is Lydia Cox. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Right, how do you feel over there? Do you feel good? I feel great. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, Mike, I have a couple questions for for you. I had uh, an email that came in. For those of you out there who would like to be part of the show, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com, email Mike with your question, and we'll talk about it here on the air. If we use it on the air, uh, we'll send you out some stickers, some magnets, uh, some things like that. Uh, make sure you put a return address in there, and we'll, we'll send it out to you. So I had an email, Mike. You ready, right. you ready for this? This ready. is from, let's see, let me get the listener up here. This is from Beverly Hillcrest from Sandustin, Florida. You know where that's at? This is in Florida. It's up in the panhandle. So here, okay. here it is. I guess last week I said, I know you lead a horse from the right. Now, you agreed that, yes, if you're facing a horse, the horse is on the right. But usually it's referred to as the same direction as the horse is facing. A horse's left side is customary position to lead a horse. Now, tell me what, what she's talking about. This is Beverly Hillcrest from Sandustin, Florida. Well, she is talking about you are on the left side of the horse uh-huh. part of that goes back to calvary and swords and mounting and everything else the on side the side you get on so she said stand the horse, the horse would be off your right shoulder but you would be off the horse's left shoulder so she said stand about 12 inches away from the horse also the left side of the horse refers to sometime is called the near side i don't know i don't know anything side, about horses near side and far side lydia with that being said does that make sense to you as far as the near side have you ever heard that term used before I haven't heard the near side used before, but the left is usually what I hear referred to as we do all those things, right? Mount up, lead the horse, what have you from that left side. What I meant to say was I stand on the left-hand side of the horse, the horse's left eye. The driver's side is the way I always right, call it. The, you got the driver's side and you got the passenger side. But the, horse was, off your, the off. horse was off your right shoulder. So I don't know if she's saying that I was standing on the right side of the horse or the horse was on my right side. You, you are on the horse's left side. <laughs> I'm so confused. I wish you were on the horse's left side. I wish someone could draw me a diagram. Now, another emailer out there, Wolf, uh, I forget his last name. He sent this picture. Don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well, and you can see this picture in real time. Let me make sure I got the right camera up so we can all see it and we can all be friends. So here we go. He sent this picture out and said, I found these in my yard. What kind of horseshoes are they and how do they work? They are not horseshoes. 
What are they? They got they look like they got the nails and everything on it. They look like horseshoes. Right. Back when I was doing competitive forging, one of the things they popped up on us on the Born to Forge was they gave a half of a cow's hoof. These are oxen shoes. Working oxen would wear eight shoes, one for each. They've got the split hoof, so you got two shoes per foot. Okay. So at the Born to Forge, we had to, for extra points, you actually attached it to the cow's foot, but they would give you a foot to make make it to fit. So these are not horseshoes. They're made for... For, for, for pulling oxen. Okay. You, you got your, uh, your traction devices on it. So if they're pulling in the field in the mud and slipping, that gives them some bite to the ground. Now, Lydia, welcome to the show. Thank you. And you know Mike. Uh, give a little background of, of who you are, where you are, and how you came across Mike Stein. Okay. Uh, well, Mike and I go way back. I met him when I uh, grew up in this area, around the Charlotte area, and then where we are now, Union County, uh, riding horses. I went to veterinary school, and Mike met me, I think, on my way that direction. So I actually apprenticed under him um, and rode around with him in the truck um, for half a year or so and worked on, you know, learned how to be a farrier apprentice on my way, um, getting accepted, and then pursuing veterinary school. Mike, was she a good student? Best I ever had. (laughs) I had one major problem, though. I couldn't find anything. She cleaned the truck up, but I I couldn't find anything. You mean she cleaned out, like, the passenger seat with all the garbage and all your receipts and stuff on the passenger seat? She got rid of all that? I used to be able to tell where stuff was it's like an archaeological dig it depends on how long since you've seen it on how many layers down it was right what date did i throw that down there oh that was two weeks ago when i stopped by 7-eleven and got myself a hot dog there's the hot dog wrapper it's right underneath that is that what it is pretty much yeah <laughs> all right guys stick around we got a big show to get into uh, we're going to talk to lydia cox about all the stuff that she knows and how it can help your horse as well you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stein stick around he'll be right back Hey guys, it's Travis, the host of Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you're looking for your next dressage horse or next jumper horse and have no idea where to start, it's intimidating going out there to find a horse that meets your needs and your training level. Now, you can regain all your confidence by going to one place. You can now go to Narcordia.com. Narcordia's mission is to find, educate, and market an exclusive fleet of well-trained, talented horses across the globe with transparency, honesty, and top-notch customer service. Each horse in Narcordia's portfolio comes with a complete set of x-rays and vet checks. Based in Wilmington, Florida, as well as New Jersey and Denmark, Narcordia is a premier selection and training with contacts stretching across Europe, Asia, and the USA. Narcordia offers a complete veterinary and shipping services at your disposal. Narcordia can take care of every detail from getting that new horse from its current location to your front doorstep. Make sure you visit them at Norcordia.com. That's Norcordia.com. And if you need more information, contact Catherine Haddad Staller at 561-779-1124. That's Norcordia.com. Horses for life. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video. You can see us on the YouTube channel. Mike, your numbers are jumping left and right over on YouTube. You're getting left and right. Left and right. Wow. Uh, you're getting a whole bunch of followers over there. And I can see uh, that four-part series with Ray Morris uh, is getting a lot more views, a lot more legs, a lot more traction. So it's doing well. Your channel is doing very well. You can see us here in the studio. You can see over my far right side, Mike waving to me, me waving to Mike. And we 
have a special guest here in the studio, uh, Lydia Cox. Doctor, am I saying that right, Lydia? Help me out here. Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, is that right? You got it, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine. And also a certified veterinarian acupuncturist as well. Yep, CDA. Now, now, how long did it take to get all these certifications and degrees and letters and alphabet soup that you got going on over there? Great question. Many, many years. So DVM is veterinary school and undergraduate, and that took eight years. And then the CVA program I completed more recently, and that was um, about six to eight months. And did you do it all here in the uh, the Charlotte area, or did you go out of state for that? I went out of state for that. I went to the University of Kentucky for my undergrad work, where um, Dr. Redden's clinic is actually, Versailles, Lexington area. And then I went to Ross University for uh, veterinary school. My final year was clinical at Auburn University in Alabama. And then I came back and graduated and uh, been all over the Southeast practicing. And most recently, I've been in North Carolina. You know, when you're a little kid and, and people come up to you and say, little Timmy, what do you want to be when you're someone goes, you know, little Timmy goes, I want to be a fireman or I want to be a police officer or a school teacher or something like that. So when you were a little girl, was this the path that you were leading on? If not, what led you on this path? That's a good question. I did. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't say that I knew this from a young, young age, but it was one of those where I, um, I did uh, grow up riding horses. We competed when I was younger, and then all through college, and it was something that I didn't grow out of per se. And I became more interested, frankly, in the podiatry side, and um, the rest is history. Now, have you grown up with horses? And outside of schooling, I mean, did your parents have horses? Did your you know relatives, friends, neighbors have horses? Actually, none of my family. So were. Nobody. Had horses. It was just my sister and I, and then I'm the one who I still have them, of course, today, and that's part of my life. It's like that Midwestern kid says, uh, I want to be a soccer player, and everyone in the Midwest goes, you want to do what? (laughs) Be a soccer player. It has no meaning in the area that you're living in. Well, so tell us a little bit as far as your traditional Chinese veterinary medicine. What does that mean when I say that? Sure. So traditional Chinese veterinary medicine, or TCVM, is a little bit easier to, that rolls off the tongue as far as the acronym. That is um, a different way of approaching veterinary medicine. So I've practiced for many years what we would call Western medicine, what we're familiar with in this area and this country. And TCVM is an alternative, so Chinese veterinary medicine. And that's what I've most recently been studying and practicing here this year. When you say that, I'm thinking of the little old lady like from uh, whatever movie, you can pick the title if you want, and she's chopping ginger and she's putting in a a mortal and pestle and she's crunching it in and then she's adding salt and like a bat wing or something like that. Is it that kind of medicine that you're dealing with out Side of, I guess, more natural, more than pharmaceutical companies, you know, spitting out all these pills and, and tablets with all these different uh, combinations on them. Certainly. So holistic or natural is a good, are good terms to apply to that. And then there's four branches of TCVM. The first two are the ones that I utilize. Acupuncture, so needles, herbal medicine that you're referring to. The other two are food therapy and twina, which is a massage technique. So you do like the long needles in horses. Correct. That's called dry needling. Okay. Acupuncture. That, that was the question I had. Mike, have you ever had that happen to you before? Have you gone through that process? I have had that done before. (laughs) Are you going to tell us where you had that done before? In the buttocks. (laughs) Let's see. They stuck a lot of needles in a lot of places. Okay. But what was was the purpose? Or were they sticking it in your shoulder? Or were they doing it for your back? What area were you needing the attention? Actually, what sent me there was... 
some nerve damage in my right hand. And for whatever reason, whether it be that or anything else I was doing, it seemed to, it's gotten better. It got better. So Lydia, the question I have, you, you brought up dry needling and you brought up acupuncture as well. Mm-hmm. I had it done myself, Mike. I had it done in my buttocks. Uh, I had a pinched sciatic nerve on my right side and I did lose feeling or pain in my lower foot, my lower extremity down there. And I went down there and they, they stuck all the needles and, and did all the stuff. They did the little electrodes and it did the pulsing and everything like that. The question that I have is they call it dry needling here. Is it because that over across seas they have a trademark on the word acupuncture or acupuncturist i guess is my question because once you cross over here in the western world they don't say they say acupuncture but it's not what they consider true acupuncture like you can only buy champagne from the isles of champagne over in in europe it's not real champagne so acupuncture includes dry needling but there are various other techniques so so what's the main difference between dry needling and acupuncture dry needling is a technique that falls within acupuncture okay so acupuncture is the big umbrella and dry needling is underneath it you got it so what is dry needling missing that doesn't make it acupuncture well it is acupuncture but it's just a needle so it's a needle in in tissue okay and so acupuncture would be so that's the overarching theme right so the other ones for example you mentioned electro acupuncture yes that's where you hook up the electro electricity to it aqua would be you know putting liquid in there so i use personally usually vitamin b12 is aqua so all of those are falling under acupuncture for the most part horses they behave while they're getting needles stuck in them do you have to sedate them i know when you have to float teeth of course and this believe me i'm the simpleton as far as when it comes to horses i know when you float teeth you have to put the horse under some kind of relaxing like a horse xanax is all we can call it um with dry needling do they do you have to do anything with them to let them accept this that's a good question they actually really learn to appreciate it and actually like it it's comfortable they relax you can see that when i'm working on them and the nice thing is i generally don't need to do those things because the actual therapy can be relaxing i wouldn't say sedating per se but it's novel that it's we're not using medications or pharmaceuticals like you said now mike you know our mayor we've been having issues with our mayor here right um and what is the actual not problem but what's the term that that we're dealing with with our mayor what is it you're a horse owner (laughs) i know that part Uh, but she which which one the mayor uh dominique right which problem oh (laughs) i guess there's a laundry list of problems the reason why i say that is because go ahead on my end she's a low palmer angle in the front end and we've been dealing with that and then she's also got some problems up in the wither now, I know that we had a acupuncturist come out and put the needles in the horse when the, and this is just my wife relaying the message back to me, is when the needle went into the horse, I forget what joint it was, whether it's knee bone, hip bone, whatever, that a little bit of blood came out. Now, is that common for when you do a needle? If you hit like a pressure point, I guess, I'm, I'm just going by what I see on the movies, <laughs> the pressure point, a little bit of blood comes out. And when it did, it was almost like a dark cranberry red when it came out, rather than the normal blood, like if you were to scratch your hand. On a, on a bush or something. Exactly. So it's not uncommon to see blood when you when you put the needle in that point. And actually in TCVM, the bleeding is, is encouraged. So that's a positive thing. And you'll see if you look closely, the color will change. You pointed out that dark color as it flows will turn into a more fresh, you know, vibrant red, which is actually clearing the stagnation, which is what you want for TCVM. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Okay. I just want to make sure my horse isn't, you know, going anemic out there. Nope. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to dive into the diagnostic scan of a horse and more with the doctor of veterinary medicine and certified veteran acupuncturist lydia cox stick around you'll listen to equine dynamics with mike stein we'll be right back
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Sign. He was a 2017 American Eventing Championship Farrier. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video. You can see me waving a mic, Mike waving to me. Make sure you go over there, like, subscribe. And over to my far right side, I mispronounced. Her name is actually Lydia Cox. I apologize. No worries. Okay. Sometimes I get uh, words and phrases cocked and loaded, and my mouth doesn't know what my brain is thinking, so I apologize on that. Uh, Lydia Cox, she is a doctor of veterinary medicine and also a certified veterinary acupuncturist. Now, Mike, in your field, in your line of work, you're a farrier. Uh, you do the biomechanics of horses. Right. Uh, how does working with a certified veterinarian of acupuncture help you in your battle of dealing with issues and problems that you have? If we're working together on a horse, it's always a team. There are things that I'm going to pick up because of a couple of years of experience, two or three, and dealing with education problems and whatever. With sport horse, you have to pay attention to a lot of what's going on with the body. If she's going at the same thing, we're looking at the dynamics of the horse, we're going for the same thing, she's coming from a little bit different angle. She may pick up on something I haven't quite settled in on. Anytime we're working with feet, if we've got part of the body that's locked up, that's causing some odd compression problems that, that I'm always going to be chasing. If she can get something to release and we get rid of the compression problems, the, well, the whole system functions better. Now, Lydia, with you working with Mike Stein's level, how does that help you in achieving the goals that you need to fix any horse problems or horse issues? Well, the, the thing with working with Mike is that we have open communication, and that to me is, seems simple, but is so, so the key to working together is that team approach. You guys have talked about it before, but it's involving everyone, right? The horse owner, of course, the trainer, the rider, as we are today, the farrier, the veterinarian. For me, it's I'm going to be the acupuncturist, but also the primary care veterinarian, right? We've got so many more, the saddle fitter, we've got chiropractic, my approach is acupuncture. And so working with him, that open communication is, is vital. Yeah, very much so. If, the, if you're not communicating, it's not going to work out well. So what's the, the best... Let's see, how word this? What's the best situation that you can come into between the two of you as far as do you technically need to be on site as Mike's working on a horse saying, hey, you know, how could you fix this? Do you ever work tandem, hand in hand, on site at the same time? I'm going to put the shoe on, let the horse walk for a little bit. He's got a little limp. She's got a little limp. And then you come in and say, okay, I know what to do. I can, I can put a needle there. I can tweak this. I can do that. That is not a bad idea at all. It can work well. Last week, I worked on a horse with a chiropractor, and they met me with the horse because we we've been chasing some problems. I've, something I've come in on new second time I've seen the horse. But it's always good if we can get together the thing is is timing and coordinating being there certainly logistics can be a challenge there is i'd say it's more common that we're talking on the phone or usually we're talking when we're driving in between calls so it's more common that we're going to not be working together on site but it is certainly a treat and a pleasure to do that on site but it's not as common that we're there on the same same day in front of the horse go ahead i was going to say the good thing with lydia when we work on a horse during the time we, we work together we worked on a few pretty ugly cases right you went on and spent time up in Doc Redden's clinic, and we're thinking on a similar page. And we can connect, and we've got a good trust with each other. You know, she's going to give me good, reliable information, and I know that. And I can work off of what she's given me. Lydia, what's the biggest challenge that you come across when dealing with getting a horse to where it needs to be? Biggest challenge, well, like we talked about, is getting everyone on the team on the same page, of course, because we all want the horse to be, the horse is the bottom line, right? We want that to the performance and soundness and ultimately to be able to ride and be successful. Um, so that can be a challenge, wrangling all, like we were talking about the logistics and wrangling all of our communication. Um, but sometimes, you know, that may be the main challenge is getting us all on the same page to help this horse. So we do 
do great to observe and, like you said, talk with each other and and uh, trust each other in the relationship. But so basically, personnel, the the communication yeah. in between, and make sure you have an open door policy, to lack of a better term. So, Mike, you know what you have to do? You have to get on FaceTime. <laughs> do you know how to do FaceTime? How do you do FaceTime? You will have to learn quick if you want to succeed in this business, Mike. I'm nobody, you know, but I'm just telling. Are you on FaceTime? <laughs> you just all you have to do is hit the camera on your phone and do FaceTime, right? Okay, coming soon. <laughs> coming Mike soon. Stein on FaceTime. And uh, <clears throat> I know you're a one man show out there, but if you had like an apprentice or something, you can have them set up a tripod like we have here in the studio, and then put your camera right on the on the horse, and right. you know you're upside down, so you might have to do the the flip zoom. Just turn the camera. <laughs> camera. All right, all right, guys, stick around. We got a lot more to get into. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. your next dressage or jumper horse but have no idea where to start it's intimidating when going out on your own to find that one horse that meets your needs and level of training now you can regain your confidence by going to one place norcordia.com norcordia's mission is to find educate and market an exclusive fleet of well-trained talented horses across the globe with transparency honesty and top-notch customer service each horse in the norcordia portfolio comes with a complete set of x-rays and vet checks based in wellington florida as well as new jersey and denmark norcordia is a premier selection and training group with contacts stretching across europe asia and the usa norcordia offers complete veterinarian and shipping services at your disposal norcordia can take care of every detail when getting your new horse from its current home to your doorstep visit them today at norcordia.com that's norcordia.com horses for life Dynamics with Mike Stein. He is now a licensed thoroughbred farrier through the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. Did I say it right this time? Yes. <laughs> well, you say that. If, am I saying it right? You don't. You just know that you're allowed to work I've, on. I'm allowed to work on horses sometimes. Okay. Well, that's good. And he, you've got the license to prove it. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. And we have a special guest here in the studio, and that's Lydia Cox, doctor of veterinarian of medicine and also a certified veterinarian acupuncturist as well. How are you? Doing great. And don't forget for our podcast we do, you can see us here waving to everybody. Everybody wave, and we're all friends here in the studio. Don't forget, if you want to be part of the show, the way you do that is go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, it says contact us. Fill out that little form. Any questions you want to ask, if we read your question on the air. We'll send you out some magnets, some stickers, some buttons. Uh, Mike's got a whole bunch of brand new lapel buttons, as you can see him on wearing one on the camera there there you go a little cute button there i designed those myself by the way thank you very much you did good i I did all right and uh we'll read your question here on the air now we're going to talk about with lydia about the diagnostic scan and what does that mean and how does it identify and isolate podiatry issues so that's how i approach the horse and what i do before i put needles in or what or practice acupuncture so to speak and it's called the body scan or you may hear scanning the points so when i see the horse um, in the barn or at their like comfort zone, so to speak, I would do a normal, what you consider a physical exam. Okay. So listen to the heart and lungs, um, check the eyes, check the ears, what we would consider normal or Western veterinarian.
veterinary medicine. And then I'm going to scan the point. So I take a hub of a needle. I go across the acupuncture points and meridians over the both sides of the horse's body. And then the horse will respond or react potentially in certain areas that may be sensitive. And Mike? As far as me... I watch his horse a horse move out. I'm looking for odd movement patterns, waste of energy, trying to pay attention to how the body is functioning, body positioning, look at how the muscles are working. If something looks locked up, you can lay your hand on it and feel if it's locked up and start obtaining information that way. Now, when you look at a horse, Mike, I know that sometimes when you're standing in the barn and I'm down there and you're and my wife's bringing up the horse, I know you're you're talking to me, but out the side of your eye, you're watching that horse come down the aisle. Right. I know you're, you're not just sitting there because you love talking to me. I know that you're already doing the biomechanics of the horse as it's making its way towards you. When you see something and you're like, well, okay, I, I'm you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together in your mind, at what point do you go, I'm that horse needs a chiropractor or that horse needs someone like Lydia Cox over here? Do you do that in your mind? You're like, mostly I focus on where I'm working. And part of, part of the horse coming in is when it hits that concrete floor, listening to it. You know, the pelvis isn't moving right. If, you know, the pelvis is stuck, somebody can help me out with that. Whatever avenue we decide to go, if they can do anything on the top of the body to free things up, it makes my job easier on the ground. Whether it be muscular, whether it be chiropractic, whether it be what uh, Lydia is doing with the acupuncture. And also, it's a check behind me or in front of me in case I'm missing something. Because, I mean, there's a lot coming at you in a hurry. But on the other end, if somebody can catch a little bit more to help us put do a better job of putting the puzzle together, that's always an added plus. Now, Lydia, what's the advantage of having acupuncture or doing the dry needling over than just your, uh, like a chiropractor? Or is it one needs the other? Good question. We often work together. You'll see many practitioners that practice both, um, but it helps to bring balance back and, um, you know, help that horse move. And like, you know, we're all working together to help them be more sound or move together. So often we will, and we work as well, you know, hand in hand with the like primary veterinarian, right? So your Western uh, preventative type care and even sport horse veterinarians, the goal is to work together, not against, right? So to integrate this Chinese veterinary medicine with the Western practices as well. And then of course, what Mike's doing on the feet. Now, this is just me. Do you feel that people give you a pushback because they'd rather put a pill in a horse's mouth and say, this pill needs to fix this as to bringing someone in to do the acupuncture type medicine? Do you get any pushback at all? Or do you feel that the horse community is more welcome to an acupuncturist as to feeding horses pills to, to make them feel better? I get, I'm just thinking about like a human. If I've got a back problem, doctor gives me meloxicam, my back doesn't feel bad anymore. But then, you know, I go to an acupuncture, it's a couple different sessions. Uh, it worked for me. So, I mean, there's, do you get a lot of pushback or any kind of like, mm? It depends on the client and the case, of course. Most of the time when I'm working on sport and performance horses, the goal is to relieve pain, muscle tension, what have you. So, again, we're working together. So, it's not that we're anti, uh, like you said, pharmaceuticals or medication, but I'm working with those together. If they can help provide relief or get that horse that next level of performance, that's, that's ideal. And the clients are generally seeking that, not necessarily giving pushback. But certainly there can be some stigma or, you know, resistance around it because it's novel and new. But the nice thing, the clients that utilize it are looking for something that maybe either is a compliment or they want to try something different that is not pharmaceuticals. As far as being novel and new, I believe that the acupuncture goes back way before the pills. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, we've been out there smearing mud on our scrapes for many years before we started getting into the, the pharmaceutical end. You got it. So acupuncture itself, of course, goes back thousands of years. And I say novel 
and knew more to the performance horse sport horse industry in that what you pointed out is that clients are more open to it on your upper end competitors to keep them going you see a lot more of this type of thing being done because when you say this type of thing you're talking about the acupuncture about the acupuncture okay. yes any any body work because it takes it takes a lot to keep these horses at their peak and you are splitting the hairs on who's the top one out there or not absolutely we can do that for show preparation we can do it in the rehabilitation phase when they're coming down after the show and sometimes it's what can give you that next level or that extra bump you know when you're out the competing yeah and definitely the on the upper end competitors you have your show season then we back off and we go into a little more of a rehab mode right I wish more people would appreciate that and do that because during that rehab point, if I've got a horse going competition, 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 I need to make some changes. I've got to hold things together and not do huge changes anywhere. You're always changing a little bit. And then we get the letdown period. Then you can start making some changes and readjusting because every time I make a change, the horse has to adjust how it works on a muscular level. You have to recondition, rebuild, recondition, rebuild. And you don't want to do that next week. I'm going into a big competition. Stick around. We have one little short segment to get into, and then we'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sound of horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video. You can see me waving to Mike, Mike waving to me. And here in the studio, we have a Lydia Cox, a doctor of veterinary medicine, and a certified veterinarian acupuncturist as well. How are you? Doing great, thanks. Now, during the break, you were saying that you can do acupuncture on dogs and cats as well. Do you do, like, gerbils and hamster? How small of an animal can you actually do acupuncture on without injuring the animal? So some practitioners certainly work on exotics, birds, small mammals. So I have mixed certification in the CVA or certified veterinarian acupuncturist. My business, Garland Cove Equine, we, I just focus on horses, right? The performance horses, the lameness, the soundness we talked about with Mike. But I do certainly practice on cats and dogs as well. So for me, it's just small companion animals, but there are practitioners who work on the exotics. And Mike, what were you saying about the cat? Well, I was wondering <laughs> if she wore full body armor when she does cats. <laughs> Alright guys, what did we learn today? Uh, from Lydia Cox, everything that she knows about traditional veterinary medicine and helps our horses as well. Uh, Mike, working with a, a team, getting your team together so what do we learn there we have always struggled with getting a team together the more connected the team is as far as working together the better the outcome is going to be like we talked about before it's so important that we communicate and that the veterinarian the farrier the owner the rider we're all on the same page and can can work together for the horse and being a farrier and also a veterinarian of medicine doing a diagnostic scan uh, before even approaching horse or approaching the animal to assess the and identify isolated uh, podiatry issues but she's going to be in an advantage on the podiatry issues over probably a good number of the acupuncturists because you know she's got the she spent time with me she spent plenty of time with doc red and she's gone through all the way through the advanced podiatry training with doc red that's going to set her ahead when it comes to dealing with that end of the horse 
All right, Lydia, let our listeners know how can they find you? How can they get a hold of you on your social pages, your email address, all that stuff? Sure. So my website is Garland Cove Equine. That's G-A-R-L-A-N. Uh, you can find me on social media, Instagram and Facebook. It's at GarlandCoveEquine.com. My email address is Dr. Cox, D-R-C-O-X, at GarlandCoveEquine.com. We appreciate you coming in and spending some time with us here in the studio. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Thank you for hosting have, me. Have and, and Good l- seeing you again, Lydia. And Lydia Cox as well. Thank you. My name is Travis Holmes saying see you next week. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work is done. Just close your eyes and dream, little pal. Dream of someone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.